What does it take to get an amazing reputation, not just on Google, but also on Yelp? Our guests today are from REM Residential. They are one of the highest rated property management companies in all of New York. In fact, they haven't gotten a single negative review, even on Yelp, since 2017, which is pretty impressive. They manage properties in one of the toughest places, yet they are able to make people happy without people pleasing. Now, how do they do that? Well, we're about to find out. As a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by Four and Half. Since 2012, we have been helping property managers grow their businesses through owner marketing, from strategy all the way to implementation. Visit fourandhalf.com to learn more. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. And now a quick word from today's podcast sponsor. Now is the time to add pest coverage to your resident benefit package. CoverPest seamlessly integrates with your existing benefit package to give your tenants a world-class pest control service at a fraction of the normal price. Visit CoverPest.com today and mention this podcast to get your startup fee waived. Tressa, Rashad, and Lara, welcome to the show. Let's start by brief introductions of yourselves and the company. How about we start with you, Shpressa? Rick and I started REM in uh, the year 2000. And uh, Rick comes from an extensive background of real estate. He started out as a porter, doorman, handyman. And then I as well, my father was a resident manager in the building next door where Rick worked. And that's how we met. And um, Rick started in property management in 1995, five years later, REM was born. Uh, I'm Rashad Middleton. I'm the uh, director of management here at REM Residential. Uh, I started with REM about 14 years ago as a broker. Um, wow. About 10 years ago, almost going on 10 years. It'll be 10 years next April uh, as a property manager and as a director of management now about a year and a half. Um, uh, we work for landlords. I'm now a landlord and have been for about two years now. Uh, so I, I understand both sides. And um, yeah, as far as retention, I think uh, what I just said speaks for itself as far as, you know, staying, keeping them happy. And I'm happy. I'm 14 years in. So I think that uh, I think that speaks for itself. Thank you, Rashad. Lara, do you want to share a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm Lara Lapish. I am with REM Residential for about seven years, I think now. So I also started as a, as on, a, on a broker end and uh, basically started a co-op condo department and we've been growing since. So I specialize in condos and co-ops and uh, REM is a family and retention rate again speaks for itself. I think, you know, we, we the industry we're in has a large turnaround. Um, so I think the fact that we are, you know, old timers, it already speaks for the company itself. That's great. And so talking about the company as a whole, now, the reason why I found REM Residential was because you guys are the highest rated property management company in New York. And in fact, Rick was saying that you guys haven't had a single bad review on Yelp in five years. Five, yeah. Unheard of to me. Now, how have you managed to create and sustain such a stellar reputation given that this is an industry that is such a thankless job, right? Property management. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If I could, it's, it's simple, but hard. It's simple. And the concept is simple, but you know, keeping 
I guess keeping up with that concept is can sometimes be hard. And that concept is, you know, just meeting needs and exceeding the expectations. So, you know, we all live where we live and there's basic needs. You just want to make sure that things work. You know, you just want to come home and just make sure the, the door knob works. There's no leak. You know, you just want to go about your bathroom and, and use it how a bathroom is supposed to be used. And when I'm at home, that's what I want. And when a tenant, a shareholder or a client comes to me, you just give them what they want. And if we can, sometimes we can exceed that need. So if it's, maybe it's not so much just fixing the item that they're there and asking about. Maybe it's also letting them know what they can do about saving this or saving, you know, it's just exceeding meeting and exceeding the expectation. And uh, I think we're creating that even more so now with our support system. So we have, some of us have assistants and they're in a training right now that's gonna allow them to um, support the managers in a way where they can give that much more attention to those needs. So it's only gonna get better. And I don't know if you can get any better than our current rating, but we're gonna try. <laughs> Just add more to it, I guess. Keep getting right, those right. five-star reviews. Right. If I could add some to it, um, you know, like you're saying, it's a thankless, thankless job and sometimes things happen and sometimes we have no control and sometimes we're not resolving something, you know, and we're not perfect. And it's, I think an important portion here is relationships and communication, because sometimes the, the complaint again in our industry is that, you know, you call and there's like, hey, click for this one, number three, for, and you can't just get to live person where you can like, look, here's me. I know it's not perfect and I'm really, we're working on it. Here's what's happening. As long as you keep people updated and they feel like you're taking care of them. And even if it's not miraculously getting results, which sometimes things are not happening as, as you would like them to go, uh, people appreciate that. And I think that personal touch is what makes the world of a difference. Like they feel like I've, the feedback I've heard often that like, you know, I feel like they're you're human. Even I was fighting with this person. He's like, okay, you're great. I want to refer to this other building. I said, well, then we just have a fight. He goes, it's okay, it's normal. You're a life human, that's how things work. But like, you're like, we can relate, right? Whereas like layers of answering machines and there's no personal touch. So I think that also makes a difference. Yeah, I like that. So it's not even so much of agreeing with everybody 100% of the time. It's just talking to people oh, and, and getting on the same. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of disagreeing that we have to do sometimes, but that's part of our job too, because we 100%. are here, to, you know, we deal with a lot of sophisticated, extremely successful, extremely educated people. And sometimes it's a little bit of like, you know, they tell you what needs to happen and we have to stand there and say, guys, respectfully, we need to disagree. And because this is what we do, let us do our job. So there's disagreement, but again, it, it's communication, right? If you, if you set the ground and if you communicate with people, you always find that common ground and it's, it's, it's all, it's really so much more about relationship than resolving per se management issues, which is obviously that has to be done anyways. Yeah. And you know, you can't really please everyone, right? Cause when you please yeah. everyone, right? Like it's not going to work for you. You're going to be stepped on all over, but how does your team balance um, making all parties happy because it's like yes it's one thing to agree to everything it's another to make people happy it doesn't necessarily mean doing what what they want you to do but like at the end of the day if you have to disagree how do you keep that relationship 
healthy that they even refer business to you even after you've had a disagreement that you're like, wait, we just had a fight and you're referring me another building. How, how are you able to get that? Well, I think uh, if I can jump in, I think that what the managers do is you have to get back to someone right away. There's no like, uh, oh, I'll call you in an hour and then you don't call them for two, three days. Even like Rick says, even if it's horrible news, it's bad news, you just have to call them and maybe use uh, soft words, so to speak. Like mm-hmm. just be respectful, be, treat them like you're talking to a human. Just tell them, listen, the landlord says this. We try to convince him or guide him one way, but he doesn't agree to your demands or whatever the situation is. So I think it's just calling that person back and letting them know they can't call you and they can vent to you and you will pick up and listen to them. And at the end of the day, they know that our hands are tied and we do what the board wants or what the landlord wants or whatever the situation is. They just don't want to be ignored like anyone else in the world. Correct. Do you think part of that's also educating? Like, let's let's talk about renters for a second because you're, you're the liaison between landlords and renters. Um, do you think that part of your success is educating the renters that you are kind of just doing what the property owner needs or, or, or you, you are that liaison? Does that kind of make sense? Yes, I, am, I know what you mean. I think, sorry, Rashad. I think <laughs> what, what uh, a good reason why we became so successful is because we hired like Julia, Lara, Rashad, I were brokers. We're also real estate brokers. So I think it started with them. Like, for example, when we had Rashad, he was renting out apartments in some of our buildings, which he now manages. So people already knew, oh, yeah, Rashad, he called me back. He showed me an apartment. He got me that apartment. He got me a great deal as Lara, as Julia, as me. And then when we say, oh, we also work for management, then they're like, oh, wow. So I'm never going to not see you again. Like we tell them, our contract doesn't end when you sign the lease you know us for the next term, like for the whole term of your stay in one of our buildings. I give my cell phone number out to everyone. And I always tell people, call me anytime you want. No one has ever abused that privilege. But um, again, I think it's just that mental thing, knowing I can call whenever I want. So I don't have to call because I have nothing to say or nothing to complain about. Yeah. When you feel valued too, you don't feel like- Right. I not like a dirty secret, but it's sometimes the renters kind of feel like they aren't as important. So I feel like if you make everybody feel valued across the board, it just nurtures a better relationship. So it right, makes sense. Most, most brokers, once they rent the apartment, they're gone. Poof, they, they just disappear. Whereas with us, we're still here. We're here, we're showing you the apartment and we're there after you sign a lease. You don't just end our relationship, we're still there. And I always say like management, it's like we're, we're the nannies. And the landlord or the board members are the parents and the uh, tenants are the children. So we're like the middle person. Like, you know, don't shoot the messenger, but sometimes they do. <laughs> but we tell them, listen, we, we try to advise. They don't want to do it, but this, and maybe I could do this for you. Or like, if they need an extra key fob, I won't charge them that $25. Say, here, this is on me. And that little bit makes such a big difference to these people. To the yeah, just the human element. Just the human element. Yeah. Everything is... Everything is automated now, which is, has its definite advantages. You know, I'm sure you're, you're, you're later you're going to get into, you know, um, uh, 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 tenant retention. And then you have your um, more traditional tenants 
who would rather pick up the phone and you have your, your new attendants who are used to, as Laura was saying earlier, you know, you pick up the phone, you press one for this, you press two for that, or you just pick up an app and everything is done or not. Uh, I, I think there's that balance. And I think REM, knowing having our foot in both is what makes us successful, did previously and will in the future. And certainly doing that now, I think. Do you, do you use any sort of automation in your, in your business? I mean, that's, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure to oh, some yeah. extent everybody does. Um, but are there specific things that you choose to automate because it doesn't take that human element away? Well, mean, I think it depends on the tenant really. Right. Yeah. We have yeah. some tenants that would prefer to call in, let's say a work order. Uh, we have some tenants that would much prefer to use uh, the app, you know, there's a, an app, I don't know if I can say the name, maybe you would, it's an app folio is what we use. And, you know, you can do everything from pay your rent electronically, set up scheduling electronically uh, to putting in a work order electronically where it's tracked, it's seen, it's, 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 uh, it's all managed there electronically. So it's all right there on the platform, right in front of you, everything, your entire history in the unit even is right there in front of you. Or like you have some of the older school who just want to pick up the phone, talk to you, see how you're doing, and also say, hey, by the way, so-and-so and so forth in the hallway, you know? So So you just try to be flexible. Right. Yeah. Yeah, both options are there. And we always tell them, you can go on that folio, never talk to us again, or you can call my cell phone or Rashad or anybody or call the office and annoy us every day. We don't mind. Right. We're here for that. <laughs> and also, if I can um, contribute that, you know, we have to automate. We have tons of different platforms we're using for all kinds of needs. And we are absolutely, we must, unless we don't want to, you know, we, we can't be ahead of the train in 2022 and not be automated. So we're trying to be as automated as possible, as uh, ahead of the curve, technologically speaking, as possible. But I also think our job is, you can't remove the human element. Mm -hmm. There's just sometimes there's nothing there's no app that can resolve whereas like you, you meet there's like seven people in the room and you resolve whatever you know whether it's a project meeting or a major issue or insurance you know they, they, so yes we're heavily automated we try really hard to be forward with that and yet like express says you know here's my cell phone just call me it's interesting that no one has abused it yet because Right. Like in other markets, I've heard of horror stories where brokers, you know, property managers give their personal contact information and there are people who use and abuse it. Um, but even without people abusing the privilege of having your direct numbers, um, being available to answer the phone, respond right away when someone wants to call in a work order eats away at, you know, someone's day, you know, like you start the day, you have a certain list of things that you want to complete. And then suddenly your phone's ringing and, you know, these are requests that could be done on Appfolio, but they want to all do it through phone. So how do you balance the workload of your team um, so that the company is still successful and are able to retain, you know, your clients, your tenants, but also profitable? Um, do you, do you have like, a certain ratio that you try to stick to in terms of like employee to uh, portfolio ratio, stuff like that? We do, we do for sure. Yeah, um, I know our, our uh, 
our CEO likes to say that no one's uh, overloaded and we certainly are overloaded, but you know, we have, we try to match personalities to properties and clients mm -hmm. and along with personality, just also just workload. So if there's a manager and, you know, we get a lot of offers for new buildings, you know, you heard that supposed to say, you know, we're on a pitch now. Um, we'll just ask, ask. It's not like you're getting this. It is, hey, Rashad, you think you can handle another building? Okay. Where is it located? What's the, this, you know, we'll go through it and it's like a hard yes or it's a hard no. We don't want to waste anyone's time internally. So it, there's, there's some analysis that goes into getting a building or getting another building. And um, as far as once you get that building and the requests start to come in, you know, we do have, we do have, um, we do have, uh, I guess, I don't want to call them walls, but we have uh, people to assist. So if it's something extremely minor, you know, maybe I might hand the phone off to my assistant to uh, further take care of it, or maybe my assistant may have already gotten that call and she's, she or he is already taking care of it. Um, if it's a larger issue that's a bit more complicated, I'll grab the phone and, you know, if it's going to be larger and complicated, I mean, there's, I'll take all the time in the world because who knows what that could lead to, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just, it's just varying degrees, right? So with the varying degrees, we'll determine one who gets a building or who might get the, uh, who might get that torch pass it in to take care of the problem. That's an and interesting, also, you know, go ahead. I also had the two board presidents basically yesterday for different buildings wait yesterday. They all have my cell phone and we are in a work line of putting fires. And ultimately they need to know it and they know it, they need to respect that. So as long as you're like, look, I am putting fires out, I will get back to you by this hour. This is not urgent. Like, we, you know, it's a matter of prioritizing, right? We, we have to prioritize because we have bigger fires and smaller fires. They know, and as long as you say, oh, you'll get back to them, I don't know, by, by 7 p.m. and you get back to them and you get them what they need, it's, it's, it's done. It's not, you know, it works. It's so easy to not respond, right? But it really just takes takes a minute or a couple minutes to just say, hey, we got, we got your request. We're working on it, but it's going to be a couple hours. Is it okay if I get back to you? at X time. I mean, we, we teach our account managers, like we're a marketing company, right? We have clients that our account managers work with just like not property managers, but portfolios, right? You're your clientele. Um, and we always teach our, our team to just, Hey, it's, it's okay. If you don't have the answer right now, it's okay. If you are working on a different project, but just get, get a response out. So people know that they've, they've been heard and at least it was exactly. received. So it totally makes sense. I think it's super common now that, you know, especially with all these companies that try to automate everything, even like when you submit um, questions, you feel like you sent something to the black hole and then you don't know if it's ever going to come back or you're ever going to hear Especially from if you get an automated response back. Right. Yeah. A lot of management companies don't even have a live person picking up the phone. Yeah. We always have a live person picking up the phone with a cheery voice. I always try to like when we're hiring a receptionist, I sort quote unquote audition them. I give them a script. I'm like, okay, read it. And they're like, uh, I go, no, no, no. And pretend you're answering the phone and show some life. So they're always like, hi, how are you? REM, how can I help? So-and-so speaking, how can I help you? And I said, always sound. If you don't feel like picking up the phones, let me know. I'll pick up the phones. But don't have an attitude because if you start off with an attitude, they sense it. They're already calling you for a problem. Then if they hear you annoyed or blah or just whatever, it's like it just escalates further, faster. Yeah. Yeah, even if the person may not necessarily 
meet, maybe that's just their voice. Maybe they just sound <laughs> angry. Right. But the, the person on the receiving end doesn't know that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of piggybacks to what Rashad said, you kind of match the personality to what they're handling. Um, how do you determine that? Like, you know, the, the concept of matching the personality to like the building or the property, um, I haven't heard of before. Do you have a system or is it more gut feel? I think it's gut, you know, um, I can, I guess I can be kind of uptight sometimes. So therefore you might, <laughs> I might get Not a building you, never. Where, where I appreciate <laughs> where maybe the clientele might be a little uptight. Um, or maybe it's just a perfect opposite. Maybe you just see somebody a little cheery to go into a crowd and liven them up a bit so that their, their spirits are picked up. They're, they're ready to receive information from a different you know, uh, uh, vehicle than what they're, the monotone that they're used to, like someone like me. So yeah, that, that's, that, that's what goes into as far as matching um, a personality with a building. You know, Because Rick and myself and some of the other um, uh, directors, you know, we'll meet the boards, we'll meet the clients. And again, with location, you can kind of get a feel for, okay, this person's like this, this building's gonna be like such, bam, Laura, what do you think, you know, so. Do you ever have to rearrange? Like, oh, does yeah. your, is the gut instinct ever wrong? You have to kind of reassess? I don't think that's ever happened where we've had a building that wasn't happy with our managing agent. Has it guys? Rashad, the one, the, with the, one, the recent one that they were not happy with my manner or I guess personality, let's say, and then they requested the shift. Remember, they asked for Spressa last. Oh, time. that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's just possible because we interview the board and then they interview oh. us, and they're like, "We think this person is great, but I think we need somebody a bit different, like personality." So, right. but that's right. well, it's really one off. Are you allowed to share, or are you comfortable sharing your retention rate? for your clients to put things into perspective? Um, if we can speak for ourselves, I have never lost a client. We only had one client during COVID. It was a much older couple. Um, they actually wanted to join REM because they wanted to travel. Uh, so about a year and a half into our relationship, COVID hit and they were like, well, we're not going anywhere anymore. So. I think it might be best if we just take on management of our buildings again. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah, also as as, because their tenants weren't paying rent, so they couldn't afford the management. Um, there was also that as well. There's also yeah. that as well. Our, I mean, our retention rate is if 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 a building isn't sold, as far as them saying that they're disappointed with our services, I don't know that I've seen that. I can't know. I mean, am I am I missing something? Spessa? No, I just don't want to gloat. I'd rather you guys <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, they may sell, but I mean, if they're selling, that means we've done something good, I think, right? Um, yeah, raise their rent roll, triple good. Right. So no right. no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, but that's that's awesome. I mean, hopefully if they sell, they use you guys as the broker. <laughs> uh, not really. It's okay. We don't push yeah. brokers, even though we're so many of us are brokers and agents, we don't push it. We push management. Like Rick exactly. says, when I set out to open, to start REM, I don't want to be the biggest. I want to be the best. And that's why he hires the best. And he, he constantly trains us. We have seminars and classes and stuff. So we can be the best, not the biggest, but the best. You've been with the company for so long. What makes you stay with REM? Well 
I wasn't kidding when I said, well, Laura said that we're a family, but I also wasn't kidding when I said, you know, Russ is the, the mother of REM. So it's a family. It's a big family. You know, we've been a family for the longest time. Some of our clients feel like family. Uh, I'm just going to shout one out, Noah. Noah Osnos, he's definitely like a family member. We've we butt heads. We've come together in agreements. And, you know, we've also gone out outside of work. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Um, and REM, yeah, it's, it's, we are, we, we work hard and then sometimes we play hard. You know, we go on hiking trips and things of that nature where, you know, it's just like kind of almost without even trying to do team building, it becomes team building. But um, yeah, we, we, we do quite a bit together. So it is one big family. You don't want to leave a family. You can't leave a family. Um, how much influence do team members, you know, have in company in initiatives and decisions? Because there are different flavors of families. There are some families that like, oh, the mom and the dad make all the decisions and all the kids just need to follow suit. <laughs> and then there are families that are more collaborative. Um, and so, you know, like, I'm guessing it's the latter, but can you paint a picture? Like, how does that happen? Like, how do, you know, um, suggestions come up? Like, how do decisions get made? Should I take this one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Rick will make a decision. And we right. all know it's we kind of ridiculous. Even though, can, <laughs> though we can say opinions and we fight and we fight with him. I think they were like, why are we even arguing? He still makes decisions by himself, basically. <laughs> but sometimes a team member or two or three or four will be like, Shressa, please talk to him. I'm like, don't worry about it. I got it. So I'll like one day he was... Okay, next Saturday morning, meeting in the office. We were like, Saturday morning? Sure enough, no one complained, but I saw everybody's face. So I was like, so starting on Tuesday, I was like, yeah, oh, let's do something Saturday, Rick. Then I was like, oh, no, we can't. We have that dumb meeting. God <laughs> darn. And he's like, what do you mean it's a dumb meeting? I go, come on, Saturday meeting. I wanted to sleep in. I'm tired. And then Wednesday and then Thursday, same thing, just like, in his ear, in his ear. Then finally Thursday, I'm like, I don't understand. Can I ask you a question? He's like, sure. I go, why can't we have this meeting Friday? He's like, you know what? You're right. It's going to be a nice day. Let's do it Friday. So sure enough, he changes it. He sends out the, the calendar change, whatever. So <laughs> Friday morning, I walk into the office. I look at everyone. I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, thank you, thank you. We're going to buy you lunch. We're going to buy you coffee. Thanks, mom. So yeah, yeah, we do argue with him. We do tell him sometimes like, that's crazy. Don't do this. But yeah, we're all allowed to sort of speak aloud, you know, to give opinions and challenge him. And he loves a challenge. So and he loves we're not music. shy. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't often. <laughs> that's when he wants to like drop a building. And Lara, for example, don't drop it. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to change it around. And sure enough, she does. And then Lara can gloat and say, you see, I told you not to drop this building. You know, that's when Rick messes up. Like he makes a bad decision. The team's like, no, we know better. Um, but oh, no, we like rub it in. You rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. But how about if it's the, the reverse? So like someone in the team messes up, how is that handled like by upper management? Uh I think uh, uh, let Rashad take this one, yeah. Uh, typically, in in, in in a meeting, you know, we'll we'll sit that that individual down. Depending on its severity, they're either meeting with just me, or they might be meeting with all of upper management. And it's not a meeting where, 
you know, everyone here is proven, you know, you're, you're proven. We know that you're not uh, derelict in your duties, uh, but maybe there was a mistake that was made, you know, yeah. we're aware there was a mistake that was made, but what can we do to make sure it doesn't happen again and correct that which was made? So if it's repetitive and we just see that someone's mindset is just um, shifted for the worse, you know, that's a different conversation. One I haven't had to have yet, which is lucky enough, but you know, most everything is figureoutable and fixable as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, I, I haven't had to have an extremely difficult conversation um, with a team member. We have, I mean, as close as this is a, a final warning, but I haven't had to have the final warning, that talk, not yet, mm-hmm. luckily. Sometimes we cover for each other. Like if I see someone yeah, make a mistake, I'll tell yeah. somebody, yeah. And then we'll try to nip it in the bud, so to speak, before it gets bigger. But yeah, usually we just cover for each other. Are, are you comfortable sharing uh, like a, a story of like how, you know, a mistake was unfolded and um, you were able to nip it in the bud using group effort? Uh, uh, well, yeah, actually there was, I think there, there may have been something that was coming due. I mean, actually the city dropped this on us uh, quite early and we had some managers that were unaware that this particular mailer had to go out to all buildings, you know, co-ops and condos, rentals alike. And some had already sent it to their, you know, one or the other. So the cover is, you know, we have some assistants who were in the office at the time and just, you know, boom, just making sure it just goes out to those co-ops too, in addition to the rentals, you know, with the manager basically not even knowing, you know, they're of the opinion, oh, I've done what I need to do. It's like, no, hey, so-and-so, can you please make sure that that goes out to everybody in their portfolio, not just X, Y, and Z, but A, B, and C too. You know, that, that kind of collaborative effort. And it, it's one where if the agent's in the field, what can they do? There is some things that they can do, but that's one where we're here, we got your back. Well, Lara, for instance, you know, she's, I believe she's currently away. And there may be some things that come to her desk where um, she just physically can't handle here. And yes, she has an assistant, but if that assistant's out, you know, again, team, family atmosphere, we'll see it. We'll grab it up and just, just move on with her, ask her about it too, without, you know, we won't proceed without her knowledge. It's like, hey, we got this. We know there's not much you can do, but we got your back. The other step is just simply the brand. So mm-hmm. if Lara fails and her client gets angry, now her client, yeah. the reviews, you know, now her client's going to put out a review and that doesn't look good for the brand. So it's also, I'm not going to, we love Laura too, but there's also the bigger picture here. If the brand hurts more than Laura will be hurt. You know, it will be most people, the receptionist, some people could fill it in their pockets, may have to get laid off. So that's how I approach. I think most of us approach it. It's the brand that we're protecting. You know, and there's a lot of people that rely on that brand. Yeah. I mean, when we spoke to Rick, he said that he is obsessed with reviews. And um, he also mentioned that. Oh, no, really? No. He said, he told us, and I was like, you're obsessed. And he was like, yes. Um, And when I told the team that, like, you know, we should be obsessed with reviews, he said that he, he was. Um, he was basically thought of as crazy. Um, and so I was curious to know, like, I, I'm guessing both you, Rashad and Lara have been with the company before he was obsessed with the reviews and then after. So I was curious to know um, how that like shift in mindset or priority affected the team. And, you know, like, how does that influence like your day-to-day decision-making? Because on the one hand, you're a property management a professional so you have to set boundaries you have to toggle between like 
what does the tenant need, the owner need, the co-op, the the, the boards need, right? Um, right? And then it's like, oh no, but we also need to protect the brand. And Rick is obsessed with the reviews. So like, how does that play out in the day to day? Well, first of all, well, he's he's crazy because he's an Orioles fan. So let's just get that out. <laughs> he's, he, he lives in the Bronx. He's supposed to be a Yankee fan, but he's an Orioles fan. So let's just be clear. So that's that's number one why he's crazy. As far as what I said earlier about meeting the expectation, if you could, if you meet the expectation and then exceed it for that that call that comes in, there's your good review, and then you've already made that person happy and probably the board. So it's like, boom, you could feed you know three birds with one seed kind of. Kind of, kind of deal. I say bird going back to the Orioles, which he's a fan of, which is crazy. <laughs> and so do you have a system for like requesting for reviews? Mm. Do you have someone in your office who's like mon obsessively monitoring reviews or is it just Rick? <laughs> no, it's all of us. Like for example, if someone calls in and I pick up the phone and they say, oh, I'm, I'm moving out after five years. And I ask him, what's wrong? Were you unhappy with us? And sometimes they'll say, no, I love you guys, but I needed a bigger space. I love my super. So I would say, okay, I'll just take advantage. I say, okay, well, how about you go online and give your super a five-star review? Go on to REM Residential and then write the review for your superintendent. So we get the benefit of it, but also the landlord does check the landlords do check rather. And when they, they like to see that their super is getting all these reviews from people. So we just, each one of us gets reviews. It's not like Rick is going after these people. We are going after the people. Anyone calls with something nice to say, I always ask for, I take advantage and ask for a five-star review. Do you do it all verbally or do you ever send out text messages or emails or anything like that? No, no, on the phone. I do it on the phone or in oh, that's person. Great. If I go to the building, I'm having an open house. Hey, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. How's everything in the building? Good. Oh, I see the building's nice and clean. Oh yeah, Jimmy's the best. I'm like, why don't you give him a five-star review? Make his day. I make it about the super. So they feel like they're in control. The super makes me happy. Let me do something to make him happy. But it's also making us happy. Right. <laughs> so I just take advantage in a nice oh. way. Yeah, I, yeah. I, typically, taking advantage has a negative connotation, but yeah. I, I would use a different word. Seizing the opportunity. Yeah, you the just opportunity, seize the opportunity. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and I think people are more likely to leave a review if it's like to a person who like impacts right. their day. So, making it about the super is actually genius because they're like, why not? If you're happy with your super. Well, and yeah. if you have a conversation about it too, I feel like if you talk to somebody about it, it, it establishes almost a sort of commitment where they don't want to go back on their word. If they say, yeah, we will go leave him a review. Most people, I think in their mind, want to follow through once they verbally <laughs> agree to something or say they're going to do something. I love that. Yeah, especially, especially when they need, they know they're going to call that super at three in the morning because they forgot their keys. So they want to be like, you know what? let him see that I left him a review and next time I call him, he won't be as angry, so to speak, or, you know, it does make them feel better. Like they're giving back to the great super. Mm -hmm. And it kind of comes full circle because at the beginning of this conversation, you were talking about um, how the secret to your success is having actual people pick up the phone, get back to whoever's calling, whatever the problem is. And that's a big thing that I think, 
um, a lot of companies that install those called the phone trees lose out on. It's like, yes, it does save you time, right? Because you don't have to staff a person to answer the calls, but then it doesn't save the caller time. So the owners, the residents who are calling now have to spend more time figuring out what right. do I press? Oh, I, and I listening I, carefully, listening carefully because <laughs> the menu may have changed. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then not only is, is that already frustrating to figure out where to go, then they, you, they don't get these opportunities of like hearing that, oh, this person's happy. I should ask for a review. So it's just really interesting that, um, when people talk about like, oh, you should be more efficient, you should automate things. The lowest hanging fruit most people think about is the phone system because like, oh, I don't want to have someone picking up the phone all the time. And then everyone like goes to call trees. And then like, that's probably the last thing you should automate then. Yeah. For sure. In, in fairness, if, if, you're, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, if your super is doing what they're supposed to be doing, that frequency of calls shouldn't be that high. You know, so it kind of takes care of itself as well. So if everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing, it's the dance will, it'll show itself. Like for instance, my phone, I mean, granted we're, we're closed as of five, but I mean, it certainly hasn't been ringing off the hook all day. That's definitely the sound of silence as well. If the building is well, you don't hear from anybody and you're like, okay, so sure. Have my cell phone because you never call me anyways. Right. There right. have been times. There have been times where I'm like not getting any emails. I'm not getting phone calls, and I'm like, "Did I get fired? You know, like, <laughs> what's, what's going on? You know?" But just, when's the shoe gonna drop? Doing, right. Which you're just you stay in the building? <laughs> yeah. And so, hear. go ahead. Not that Laura says something. I didn't hear what she said. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm saying which building is not you know, you don't hear from, you want to, you want to give it away? I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rick, Rick was mentioning that he, and you know, he was like, oh, I am the more serious type. And then my wife is like my smile ambassador. Like she brings the fun. Um, and so like, I was curious to know what, like, is that intentional? Like what kind of role do each of you play in creating the company culture of REM? And also, you know, like, I don't know when was the last time you hired new people, but as you hire new people, how do you integrate them into this culture? Because, right, like, if you're a family and then you have a new member come in, it's kind of easy to feel left out. Um, and so how do you handle that? Honestly, everyone we've hired, um, new people that we've hired, we got a good vibe from them and it's not so much the experience, it's more the attitude and the personality because you can train someone your way, like mold them to your company. But if they don't have the right attitude, they pretty much see themselves out. Like we, I don't, I mean, we have to fire here and there, but most of the time they see themselves out. Like they, and as far as fitting in, I mean, I'm so proud to say that like all 26 other members of the staff, they always make themselves available to the new person. Like there's never that situation where that person's sitting there awkward by themselves. No one's talking to them. Someone's always there to lend a hand or a word or, you know, just to make them feel comfortable and nice. And we've just been so lucky. I don't, I can't say there's, there's a formula. We're just so lucky. Yeah. It's like the universe just granted us everyone to just fit in perfectly. 
Yeah. And we're very, very grateful for that. Yeah, we're not we're not as suited up. I mean, we wear them when needed, but you know, we're not as suited up, cookie cutter. Everyone's exactly the same personality, font, and what have you. You know, everyone's mixed. And as far as contributing to the culture, you know, as director of management, uh, I've been here for a while, and we have now that we have this senior management team, uh, some are new, some are new and coming in with new ideas. I have a pretty good idea of how things were, how things are and hopefully how they're going to be. So I get to bridge that gap in terms of maintaining and keeping, you know, I'm not saying going to say everyone happy, uh, but just I'll say maintaining the culture because there's understanding on both ends. It's like, here's where we're coming from with the workload because I'm still a manager uh, as far as the work that's being passed down. And here's how you guys need to understand how this is important that you do this new thing. I'm with you. I've been there, but this is really how it should be working or how it should work. Everything's kind of like vibes. Like that's all I'm getting is just like- A lot of vibes. Just vibes, like positive vibes, good people. Like put you put into the world what you get back or like whatever that saying is. It's just like, kind of like in conclusion, I feel like your strategy to me is just like treat people well, like go off of your gut instinct, communicate. And it seems like it's working really well for you. Yeah, just so try to, to be the best part of someone's day at work or, or otherwise. Just try, try to be that person. Yeah, I love that mentality. There you have it. Creating a culture of accountability and collaboration translates to better client experiences, which further translates to both employee and client retention. That's all we have for this episode of the Property Management Show brought to you by Four and Half. Since 2012, we have been helping property managers grow their businesses through owner marketing from strategy all the way to implementation. Visit fourandhalf.com to learn more. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. As usual, feel free to send your comments and suggestions to us at marketing at fourandhalf.com. And if you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a rating or review on the listening app of your choice. Thank you and see you next time.